It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Quickly to Wall. Wall measures. Deal. Gets open for three. Hey, what's going on, everyone? Welcome to the Locked on Wizards podcast. I'm your host, Noah Getzel. Thanks so much for joining us. Uh, Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes. You can hit us up on Twitter at Locked on Wizards or Spotify, uh, Google Play, basically Stitcher, anywhere where you find your podcasts, you can find Locked On Wizards. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, which has podcasts from all across the NBA, so be sure to tune in to Locked On Celtics, Locked On Sixers, big matchup tonight, um, Locked On Cavs, all of those remaining guys, East and West Conference, they're all putting together quality work every day, Monday through Friday, so be sure to check it out. And of course, it's baseball season, football season is rolling in, um, Make sure to also follow Zach Hicks over on Twitter. He is your Locked On Redskins guru, so be sure to check that out. So, tonight's show, we will be talking about the kind of landscape of the Eastern Conference. What the pecking order is, or, you know, the Cavs obviously look like they're still number one. Where do the Wizards fall in terms of Cavs, Sixers, Celtics, Raptors? A lot of teams seem to be on the rise as well, like the Bucks. Um, so we'll be talking about that. And then if the Wizards need to make major off-season splash to even compete and, you know, be one of those teams that can get home court advantage because they've been saying for years, like, Eastern Conference Finals are bust. Obviously, this year was a bust. Some injuries played into that. Um, And finally, we're going to touch a little bit on the team chemistry of the Wizards, whether that held them back from winning some of the games. And uh, there there was some, some Twitter conversation and some mysteriously deleted tweets about this is a very sterile narrative, but our, our guest has some inside information about the dynamic between John Wall and Bradley Beal from an Adidas trainer. Tonight's episode begins with part two of my interview with Joe Glorioso from Hoop District. And in this section of the interview, we talked about how the Wizards front court, especially Otto Porter and Marquise Morris, weren't quite performing to expectations, Porter especially because of that big paycheck he got last summer you know what what kind of issues made them inconsistent so we'll play that interview with joe glorioso on morris and porter right now and then we'll get into the rest of the show with young park obviously a guy can't carry a a whole franchise on his shoulders for going into what year eight i believe now he was drafted in 2010 so this will be year year nine for him it's 
Oh yeah, I mean, there's a there are things Wall needs to improve at. He doesn't always play committed defense. He doesn't move without the ball as much as maybe he should. He's he was hobbled throughout the year and always you know plays through the pain. And it's the a lot of the criticism is definitely unfair. But when we talk about putting the pieces around Wall that can not just play but play consistently and you know mesh with him on on the way that he likes to play in terms of you know, fast, athletic, get a stop, push in transition, you have guys who have just been inconsistent. And I was just wondering your quick opinion before we sign off real quick. Why in your mind have Markeith Morris and Otto Porter, after such a good season last year, I know that Otto, both of them actually faced some injuries, especially Otto with his hip. Is it disappointing to see the year that they just finished with uh, Markeith only, he averaged 11.5 points a game and only 5.6 rebounds? Porter, he was solid, you know, 14.7 points, 6.4 rebounds, two assists, and a steal and a half. But do you do you feel like there's just another level that these guys can elevate to? Because you see it every third or fourth game or whatever, and then they just kind of disappear into, you know, into mediocrity again. What can unleash them, or is it time to move on from these guys? I think uh, asking them to take the role of that third person the third star of the team i just don't think it's in their character traits i think markeith morris is going to be your your enforcer he's going to be your badass he's going to be your bad boy who's going to occasionally drop in 19 points and give you 12 rebounds maybe on that same night and then the following night he's going to have six points and four rebounds and five Mm -hmm. fouls and possibly get thrown out of the game and auto porters just to me no we um at the auto porter draft uh nerland's I didn't yeah, believe Noel. he went. He Noel, sorry, he went in that game as well, or he went in that draft as well. And I remember Abdullah and I talked to uh, John Calipari before the draft, and we asked him. We said, uh, "Which one of these guys is the best fit for John Wall?" And I remember this is this is not a recorded piece, by the way, but Abdullah will vouch for me here. Mm-hmm. And Calipari says to me, he goes, "Obviously, I want Nerlens to go. You know, he's athletic, and he started to give me the sell points." And then he and then I said, "Okay, so realistically, who are the Wizards going to draft?" And he said. Look, Otto Porter is probably the safest pick uh, NBA has ever seen in, in the last 25 years. Mm-hmm. And so from that day, I, I don't want to say it's kind of jaded me about Otto, but I, I just, yes, he's a max player. That's the fortune of when he landed um, his deal, when he got into the league. But he's not he's not a max player when it comes to the contribution on the court. I think he thrives in an environment where you've got two really, really outstanding superstars who can carry offensively and defensively, uh, name whatever team you want to name who's still in the playoffs right Right. now, where he's not required to go out and knock down three-point after three-point after three-point. He just seems to find so much difficulty in getting his shot in this offense. But it's not just this offense, it's Randy's offense as well. We can talk about Randy another day, but (laughs) I I just, I I don't necessarily think Wall Beal is the best fit for Otto. Um, I kind of almost see him like if he was in a Houston offense and take out Trevor Ariza and put in Otto Porter. Right, I think Otto same Porter player. would be amazing in Houston. The Timberwolves maybe um, are another team. Uh, I'm trying to just think. The Timberwolves have no shooters. Yeah, he would he would serve them very well. You know. Anyways, there's 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 a couple teams. I, I do like Markeith for what he brings. I think the value of his contract is fantastic. Right. Um, I I think. The two, the, the three contracts that obviously hinder this this, this entire program are Gortats, which I, I just I, if you, if I had to put down nine nine 
Marvel's out of 10, he's getting traded this offseason for something. Um, Mahimi, and then obviously Otto Porter. And I think the Porter contract is really the the one that, that hurts the most. Because that guy who's making 26, 25, 24, whatever million dollars it is, you, you can't have them disappearing in the playoffs. Uh, you, you can't have them with zero points in game six of last year, you know? Anyways, I don't want to bash on him because I think he's a, he's a nice kid. Right. Well, it's been a pleasure having you on the show here tonight. So that was Joe Glorioso, one of the founders of Hoop District. We are now going to talk about the Eastern Conference big picture, where the Wizards stand, what's going on with all the shakeups and firings of coaches with Young Park, a new contributor, first time on the podcast. He will be joining Wizards Extra and writing some some nice analytical blog pieces, and we'll do some podcasts as well. So here is Young Park. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Young, it's a pleasure having you on the show. Thanks so much for reaching out to me and letting me know that you want to contribute, be part of Wizards Extra, be part of Locked On Wizards. It's really cool, so we appreciate it. Um, You've been a Wizards fan your whole life and went to school locally here at University of Maryland. And you mentioned that you're an accountant, so you definitely like to crunch numbers and you're a junkie for all the stats. Tell me about yourself a little bit more before we jump into the, the Eastern Conference landscape. Yeah, man, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Um, so just a little about myself. As you said, I'm a recent University of Maryland graduate. I actually grew up in the University of Maryland area when I first came to the United States. I moved from South Korea when I was two. Then moved from PG County to Montgomery County when I was seven, and I've lived in Montgomery County ever since. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm a big Wizards fan. Been a fan for as long as I can remember, as long as I started following basketball. Well, honestly, that really started just because John Wall is my favorite player. Yeah. Um, not really sure what would happen if he got traded or were to leave, but you know, let's not worry about that right now. Right. So how? I feel like when teams are playing in the off in the postseason after your team has been eliminated, it just seems like it goes on and on and on. And the season kind of like lasts months, even though it's been I don't know probably it's only been maybe like two weeks since the Wizards were eliminated. But you know, one series just seems like the Wizards are so far removed from the teams who have been playing. Of course, the Raptors got swept, so that puts things into perspective for the Wizards losing to them. To me, it just seems like this this game that's about to happen tonight between the the Celtics and Sixers, maybe it's the youth of the team or, you know, their upside, but does it feel to you like the Wizards are kind of light years behind, you know, the Sixers, the Celtics, and then, of course, the Cavaliers who have been, you know, every year that LeBron is with them, he brings them to the finals, essentially. So I think if I were to rank those four teams, you said the Wizards, Cavaliers, Raptors, and Celtics, right? Let's throw the, yeah, and Sixers, so five teams. And six, five teams, okay, so I think... Cavs are obviously number one to me. Mm-hmm. As long as they Raptors, have LeBron. Honestly, it's a, it's a, it's a toss-up between the Raptors and the Celtics to me. 
Because okay. look at what the like look at what the Celtics have been doing without their two All Stars. And imagine if Kyrie Irving was playing the whole season, or if Gordon Hayward was playing the whole season. I, I mean, one would assume that they'd be even better than they are now. So, right. I'm not really sure about that, but I really do like what the what the Raptors have been doing and how they've been able to kind of change their system and kind of keep up with the modern times. So I really like them as well. Then I guess the last two spots are between Washington and Philadelphia, right? Wizards don't match up well at all with the Sixers, unfortunately. They don't have anyone who could contest Embiid. I don't know if anyone in the league can really guard Simmons. He's But, you know, the Wizards, for example, like who you're going to throw Brad Beal on him. I guess John Wall could probably keep up athletically, just, you know, six inches shorter. Yeah, I mean, so Philadelphia is a really interesting team to me. They're really young, obviously, but... The Celtics are really young as well. People, I feel like people don't either. They, they, that, that's either like in the back of their minds, or that doesn't really like process to them. Just because, I mean, I guess Simmons is a rookie, and this is really Embiid's like first time playing in a in a, in a, a long amount of games in one season, right? But mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure like most of the main contributors of Celtics right now, other than like Marcus Morris, Al Horford, they're all under age 25. Oh yeah, the roster. Especially when you look at their contracts, like it's they're constructed so well. They have three guys making big money. Hayward makes about thirty million a year. Um, Horford is like twenty seven million this year, twenty seven point seven. Irving surprisingly just eighteen point nine million this year. But then when you look like down the rest of the roster, nobody made more than five and a half million dollars this past season. That's unbelievable. They've got guys on budget contracts like Jalen Brown. You know, next two seasons, he's going to make 5 and 6.5. Um, Marcus Smart is about to be a free agent. He only made $4.5 million. Uh, who else? Terry Rozier, he's probably going to get a big paycheck. Um, you would assume after next season, he earned $2 million this year. Even Jason Tatum, you know, like, eventually he'll be earning up to $9 million in, like, 2020, 2021. But it's it's brilliant what uh, Danny Ainge has done, and... You know, he, he does it year after year, but, you know, just the fact that Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum and the guys, Terry Rozier, the guys, like, reading, leading the squad right now are making less than $10 million, and how young they are, this team is set up well. Of course, they've got something the Wizards don't have. They have the G League where they're developing the young talent, but it's it's scary to think about how young these guys are, not just Scary Terry, but the whole roster. And the Sixers are essentially the same way. You know, they have J.J. Redick, who's 33, and Amir Johnson, who doesn't play at all. He's 31, but everybody else is, you know, like in the 20 to 26 range. Uh, Markel Folks is 19, and, you know, they don't have a lot of hefty contracts either. They just locked up Embiid for a long-term deal, so he'll be making like $30 million a year. But otherwise, it's very well-balanced. Even their veteran, Rod Covington, he's, you know, making them in like the low teens for his paycheck, so... You know, these are teams that set things up very differently from the Wizards. We're not going to talk about contracts and roster construction too much, but obviously the Wizards have a lot of bad deals going to older guys, whereas the Celtics and Sixers have a lot more upside, a lot more young talent, and it's... But to go back to your point, I think I would put the Wizards over the Philadelphia 76ers, at least mm-hmm. for next season. Yeah. I know Philadelphia had that 16 game, it was 16 games, right, to end the season, regular regular season um 16 game win streak. yeah 16 victories against lottery opponents exactly yeah so I, I was looking at that win streak so i saw that 10 of those games were at home so and 
they didn't really play that great of teams. No disrespect to anybody else in the league, obviously, but I think the really only competitive team, or at least what I would consider competitive, they played the Cavs at home, they played the Wolves at home, beat those two. Everyone else that they beat, Knicks, Hornets, Grizzlies, Magic, Nets, Hawks, Pistons, Mavs. So, I mean, yeah, I get that they, I mean, they did, it's not like, I'm not basing the success of their season just based off of what they did in that during that time, but... Right, I mean, they won 52 I, games. Yeah, exactly, but I don't know. I still think that I, I would pick, the, like, if they if the Wizards had matched up with them in the playoffs or even during the regular season, I know we beat them in the first game of the season. I don't know how the regular season series went, but I think we would have beat them in the playoffs had it come down to it. I mean, yeah, the Wizards were one game away. It was uh, that shakeup the very last night. Wizards lost to Magic, and then the who was it? The Bucks got smoked by the Sixers, and then the Heat beat the the Raptors, and that was how you know how it all went down. How the Heat got their sixth seed, and but I mean, yeah, looking back on it, the Celtics are playing great. Um, I don't know if the Wizards would have had you know lasted longer than six games or won the series just because of the the depth that they have in addition to the depth that the the Raptors have. So, like, you look back and say, okay, the Wizards could have played this injury-depleted Celtics team, but look how good the Celtics are doing, you know? Like, are they really that many steps behind the Raptors, who just got swept? It's it's tough to say what would have been the most favorable matchup between Raptors, Celtics, and Sixers, but I don't know. I think you've got raise a good point, just based on experience alone. You know, the Wizards don't back down from challenges, and I'm not saying that the Sixers do by any means, but in terms of reliable playoff scorers they essentially have Embiid and JJ Redick on their roster I don't see anyone else who who can go get buckets in the postseason maybe TJ McConnell off of the short sample size that we've seen but do you think the Celtics are the better team in that series based on your rankings right yeah yeah I think the Celtics are better now and I think they'll be there they well I guess it obviously depends on the development of Simmons and Embiid but I think they're they're better set for the future as well as long as they can keep some of these guys but I'm sure they're going to lose like they're going to lose Marcus Smart or or um I almost called Scary Terry but they 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 can't afford all of them can they Um so Smart they might just let him walk because he's yeah, exactly. you know his contract is uh finishing up who else is a free agent they just signed Greg Monroe he's not too much of a contributor they'll probably let him walk too he makes 5 million Aaron Baines is a free agent. Um, I, I've got to check who's got like the player options. But yeah, this year, nobody they're not losing anyone too important. I mean, you could argue that the Celtics are a totally different team with and without Marcus Smart. But, you know, they, they have a lot of young pieces. If they lose Marcus Smart, even if the Celtics lose Marcus Smart, they've still got Terry Rozier who can kind of play the same role of playing on the ball and off the ball. Um, they've got Jason Tatum, who is just finishing up his rookie season. I feel like I have to repeat that over and over again to remind myself. But, you know, he's kind of flexible, too. He can play that shooting guard role. Um, Jalen Brown plays some shooting guards, some small forward. So it's not like they'd be losing too much if they got rid of him. But I would assume that, I don't know, I would assume they kind of have some chips in play to, to figure out a way to not just let him walk, but they would be cool with it either way. I'm not totally sure. Yeah, but let's let's um talk about a new subject here for a sec. So when we we're gonna take a real quick break, and when we come back to Locked On Wizards with Young Park, we are gonna talk about all the coaches who have been fired, um, mostly in the Eastern Conference. Six firees, six coaches losing their job in the East. 
um, and then two in the West. So we'll talk about, you know, how that China changes the landscape and which teams are improving and who might be falling off the map a little bit and then where the Wizards fall within that. So stay tuned right here to Locked On Wizards. Again, I'm your host, Noah Getzel, and our guest is Young Park. We'll be right back. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey everyone, welcome back to the show. This is Locked On Wizards and I'm your host Noah Getzel. We are joined tonight by Young Park, uh, who is a very knowledgeable Wizards fan and it's his first time on the podcast here. We are now talking about the coaches who have been fired. Uh, when you look down the list of the different underperforming teams where guys lost their jobs, do any of them surprise you in terms of people getting fired? So we had the Hawks, Hornets, Pistons, Bucks fired Jason Kidd. It seems like ages ago, but you know their interim coach hasn't. Larry Drew is it? Yeah, he hasn't done too much. I think I have that name wrong. Um, and then Knicks just fired Hornacek. Magic filed, fired Frank Vogel. Um, the Suns hired their first ever internationally born head coach, I believe, and then the Grizzlies got rid of Fidsdale a while ago. Um, so eight eight coaches, you know, about a third of the NBA, um, a little more than that. Does Do any of these moves surprise you just because of maybe the team not having as bad of a season as the expectations or just the talent of the coach? Is, is there any one of these teams that kind of jumps out at you and you're like, oh, man. This guy's gone. The most surprising one to me, like the Hawks, they played, they were really bad, so I wasn't that surprised. I think to me, the most surprising ones were maybe the Pistons and the Hornets. Yeah, um, they've just been stuck in purgatory, and you know, like that eighth seed, ninth, tenth seed type of area. So I mean, it's understandable. Maybe I would, if I was the Pistons, I probably would have given Stan at least half of the next season just because he, you know, he just started working with Blake Griffin to try and work that in. They had, you know, that trade kind of shook the team up a lot with Avery Bradley leaving and um, who was the other, the power forward? I can't remember who's on the Clippers now. He, he was balling out. And so, I, yeah, I mean, maybe wait and give him some new pieces, but he didn't quite have the leash that I would have expected so. So you think the Pistons and Hornets were were surprising to you? How about Bucks? I guess Jason Kidd was gone a while ago, but <laughs> I yeah, don't. So I think their their interim coaches was Joe Prunty, right? Yes, that's right. I'm pretty sure he was a um, a Popovich assistant on the Spurs back in like not back in the day, but not too long not too long ago, and I'm pretty sure he. Jason, he worked under Jason Kidd with at Brooklyn as well. So, I, I don't that the Bucks are an interesting team to me. I feel like they should be better than they are, but I don't know why. I'm I don't honestly I don't really watch too many Milwaukee Bucks basketball games. But with the with the talent that they have on their team, I always thought that they were underperforming. Maybe that's partial. That has to do or like that can portray a little bit of the reason as to why they thought that they needed some new coaching within the organization. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I don't, I didn't really understand that fire. Well, Jason Kidd, 
he, I feel like he definitely has his shortcomings as his, as a coach. Yeah, and but, you, you hear about him being like power hungry with the Nets and trying to take over their front office and making all those yeah. demands. So you don't really know what happened in Milwaukee. But to me, it's a little bit. It just speaks to the talent of the Bucks that they were able to push that series to seven games when clearly, like, it's a it's a huge coaching mismatch, right? Because yeah, you know, Joe Prunty, as you mentioned, he's been an assistant since 2002 when he started with the Spurs but when you're an assistant coach for 16 years you know like it's I mean now he's uh, interim head coach but I you know the fact that they're looking to replace him right now and not trying to extend him and you know possibly Becky Hammond from the Spurs might be coming over she's been interviewing for the job it's you know he's definitely not the the best man for for the job the best candidate for continuing as a as head coach, and yeah, it speaks to the talent if they could still get to seven games against the number two seed in the East, who's currently up three to one in the Eastern Conference semifinals without someone who is, you know, by definition or experience an NBA coach. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it so, would be interesting to see um, Becky Hammond become an NBA coach. That would be really exciting, honestly. Absolutely. But that would be a we'll great see how step that plays forward. Out. So the Bucks won 44 games. They finished 7th seed. Do you feel like they'll improve or kind of hover in that range again? 44 games. I mean, they didn't, Jabari was out for... I really like Jabari Parker as a player yeah. on, on the offensive end, not so much on the defensive end. <laughs> but if he was healthy... It, if he was healthy all season, I feel like they would have won more than 44 games. And next year, I feel like if Giannis keeps improving at the at the rate that he's he, he's improving, if his jumper improves by the time next fall <coughs> comes around, I think they can win more than 44 games. Bledsoe, Bledsoe was a new addition to the team too, so giving him the chance to have an off season to you know work out with with his teammates and learn the plays a little bit better, you know, having that experience under his belt, I'm sure he's only going to improve. He's a Young, talented guard. Um, who else? So do you think... I would guess that the Celtics and Sixers are going to find ways to improve just because of the young core. I don't foresee the Raptors necessarily taking any more stump, uh, jumps above 59 wins. I feel like that, you know, they, they kind of shifted the way that they play and focused on shooting more threes and added depth and got rid of isolation from ball, but I feel like they've hit their ceiling, perhaps, um, especially in the postseason. Uh, the Pacers are probably going to be better. Um, you know, first year of the rebuild, winning 44, 48 games, getting that five seed. And then I'm not too sure about, you know, some of these mid-level teams like the the Heat and Pistons and Hornets and if anyone from that group is going to make any, any jumps. So when you look at, like, that pool and you realize probably, you know, like, let's say three teams are going to improve who are already playoff teams. Let's say... Actually, let's say four. Let's say the Bucks, Pacers, Sixers, and Celtics are all going to perform even better than this last year. Does that kind of make it a bit more desperate for the Wizards to actually make a move this offseason because they've been coming back with the same core year after year? And even though Beal and Porter have been improving some, Wall obviously was down this year after you know the, the best statistical year of his life uh, in 2016-17. Just where do you think the Wizards stand in terms of the shifting talent pool in that Eastern Conference? Yeah, so I definitely agree with you that I think the Raptors have kind of hit their peak. Like, I don't think they're going to win 59 games again anytime soon. 
I've also been seeing a lot of articles about how Casey might get fired, which is interesting. No to me. way, really? Yeah, yeah. I've seen a, I've seen a quite a quite a few uh, articles about that. They'll probably give him some time. Today that he got voted Coach of the Year by <laughs> his fellow coaches, but that wouldn't be the first time. Actually, now that I think about it, last time a coach won Coach of the Year and got fired was George Carl, mm. and the GM is the current GM of the Raptors right now. Okay. But yeah. there was some pretty... I thought I remembered there being some backlash about that, so maybe that won't happen again, but I don't know. I think... Regular season <laughs> only gets you so far, ultimately. Right, it can exactly. get you some nice seating and all that, but like there was even the same discussion about Terry Stotts for Portland. They finished... Shoot, I can't remember. Like the four seed or something? They finished third in the Western Conference. And, you know, it looked for a while like they were, you know, way at, at the bottom of the playoff picture and on the outside looking in. Of course, they got swept by the Pelicans, but still. And so that kind of like raised some ire. It's like, OK, you had a great regular season. You finished third um, and the other two teams were essentially uncatchable. The Rockets and Warriors, like you're not going to have a better season than, than them. But, you know, a lot of people, there was some discussion like, after getting swept in the playoffs, like that's kind of all that matters. Those four games, nothing you did in the regular season. So he's keeping his job, but you know, it wasn't unanimous, I should say, I guess, you know, so I, I'd yeah. agree with you at a certain point. I don't care if, uh, you know, if Dwayne Casey wins 81 out of 82 games, if he still can't make it out of, if they can't take the next step in the, in the playoffs, that's ultimately how that's the only measuring stick that counts. Right. Yeah. I mean, but the real question is, did anyone really think that they were going to beat the Cavs anyways? No, nobody. <laughs> so it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a, there's a weird way of measuring success in the Eastern Conference when that guy's still playing. Yeah. And do you, how many games do you think it would go to between whichever team advances, the Celtics or the Sixers? Do you feel like it's going to be a long, drawn-out series, or are the Cavs kind of rolling on all cylinders now? Let's say if the... I think, I think the Celtics have a better chance than the Sixers just because of the genius of Brad Stevens. Right. Honestly, I think the Celtics may be able to drag it out. To f- I, I would give them maybe six. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they won one game last offseason. You know, both were very different teams. Uh, well, the Celtics, basically, they were led by Isaiah Thomas, who went down with a hip injury maybe a game or two into that series, and it, it lasted five, so... Yeah, I would say that that's a good just that that makes sense to me. I would say uh, Cavs in six over the over the Celtics, probably even sooner over the the Sixers, just because of the inexperience factor. Yeah, exactly. I I think that would be either a sweep or five games, but yeah, I mean, let's I I want to get to that one uh, final topic that we're we're gonna touch on in terms of Wizards chemistry, especially chemistry between. Wall and Beal before we sign off. Um, so stay tuned. I know you probably have heard this narrative before, and there's all this beef. Oh my God, do these guys like each other? And we've heard a lot of different sides of it. But here's an interesting perspective that Young has to share from an Adidas scout. Uh, so stay tuned right here at Locked On Wizards. We'll be back in just a sec. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. 
Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, welcome back to the final segment of Locked On Wizards here on a Wednesday afternoon, evening, whatever you want to call it. It's beautiful weather. It feels almost like the afternoon. I guess the sun is down now. It's 8.30. Anyway, I'm your host, Noah Getzel. Uh, you can check me out on Twitter at Noah underscore Getzel, G-O-E-T-Z-E-L. Be sure to follow the Locked On Wizards podcast. Uh, I also report for Lo- Wizards Extra, um, X-T-R-A, so check us out too. Lots of awesome um, coverage throughout the season and off season, uh, especially in games, you know, videos before and after of the players. We've got analysis pieces. Young is our guest, Young Park. You are coming out with your first uh, Wizards Extra article, right? Everyone, get the people excited. Yeah, I'm actually finishing it up right now. Um, I'll get it up hopefully by the end of this week. Nice. Are you going to keep the topic a secret? No, it's actually about how where the Wizards stand, how the because we hear so much about between like the front office management and the coaches about Wizards continuity. So I'm giving a bit of an analysis on whether this continuity is hurting or whether it's helping, mm-hmm. whether it's going to get get us out of this kind of. I feel like we're in a stuck stage, kind of like the Clippers oh, when sure. they had those three max players of Blake Griffin, Chris Paul, DeAndre Jordan, but they couldn't get past the second round. Yeah, kind of like the Raptors too. Kind of like yeah, the old exactly. school Phoenix Suns, I would say, to some extent. Exactly. Both teams, you know, led by D'Antoni. So tell me about uh, the, the scoop you have on this last Twitter debate um, with Devin the, in the lab. Who is this guy? What did he say? And is it anything different than what Wizards fans have been hearing about, you know, the alleged feud between John Wall and Bradley Beal for years? Yeah, so... Devin is an, an is a basketball trainer. He he's sponsored by Adidas. Um, he was actually he does like a bunch of high school training camp, like Adidas elite training camps and stuff like that, where like top recruits get invited to mm-hmm. train with Adidas trainers. So he's one of those guys. So he tweeted about maybe a month ago something about the chemistry of. Bradley Beal and John Wall and about how they didn't get along. He said, I'm late, but I didn't know Bradley Beal and Wall didn't get along. That would explain a lot, right? And then, as a frustrated Wizards fan, I saw this, and I thought that this narrative was played out. So I said, responded to him, and I said, this is a played out narrative. Stop feeding into the media. So he responds to me, LOL, I heard it from the media. And then I go... Did I say you heard it from the media, or did I say stop feeding into the media narrative? Because I was curious why this guy brought it up out of nowhere. Um, and then he responds to me, LOL, you forget I'm with Adidas, bro, dot, 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 dot. And then he deleted this tweet after I responded to him and saying, if that's the case, then why are you snitching? And then he deleted it, and then he goes, this is well documented. It's not even close to a secret. And then I responded to him by bringing up how there were reports reports about how they didn't like each other and this other guy on Twitter butted into the conversation and then Devin Williams said I'd say the reports got it right referring to the disconnect between John Wall and Bradley Beal and I thought all that was really interesting coming from like a Adidas, someone who works with Adidas athletes 
um, and is sponsored by Adidas. I feel like he definitely has more of a of a knowledgeable opinion on the situation than I do as just as a casual fan. And I really thought that that was interesting that he one even said that to begin with, and two that I guess this information I don't it it, it leaves me questioning where exactly their relationship stands because uh, like they when even in the exit interviews this year they complimented each other so much during the season mm-hmm. they complimented each other a lot they talk about how they're excited to play with one another how they rely on one another how like and they they have good complimenting playing styles you know what i mean yeah absolutely you know a point guard who runs wants to run out in transition and a guy who will spot up for threes and knock those down i i i'm kind of wondering about the credentials of this Devin Williams, dude, I'm reading about uh, on his website. He played uh, basketball at Fresno State and transferred to Academy of the Arts in San Fran. I don't know about their basketball team, and I don't see like any professional or college-level clients that he mentions uh, in terms of his, his training, but you, you said he's got affiliations with Adidas? Yeah, um, check out his... Um... Instagram. He posts some videos about about like him working with some players. Do you know? Um, have you heard of like Jordan McCabe and Mac McClung, high school players? Jordan or Mac McClung is like this crazy dunker. I do. But not know um, that. yeah, he like works out with them. They got invited to like this Adidas Elite, Adidas Elite camp, and he posted a bunch of videos. Like the you know the the jelly layup. I'm sure you know what the jelly layup is, right? Mm-hmm. So like the guy who invented the Javon. Uh, Quinterly, he, he he has videos of him like training him at the at the Adidas Nations last year. Um, so yeah, it says um, I'm on YouTube right now, and he has a couple of accounts, and one of them says "Day in the Lab," Devin Williams training NBA slash high school players at Adidas Nations, um, June 2017. Gotcha. So right. I don't know what I'm. I'm confused. I'm confused as well. Like I don't want to believe what he said because I would hope that our two best players, our two players that we have a lot of money tied up to, do get along and they can, like it's not an issue and they can get, they can get, they can put put the whatever differences they have aside from each other and you know try to put the team's interest at at first. Check uh, out priority. Yeah, I checked out his Instagram. He does actually have two hundred forty six thousand followers. So. I guess he is a bit of a, a bigger name. Maybe he's somewhat legit. I don't know where he's getting his information. Um, supposedly not the media, but I mean, I'd, I'd maybe I'm just like a homer and don't want to believe it, but I feel like the way that John and Brad have complimented each other, especially this year and last year, like John kind of mentioned it, like, listen, you know, you have coworkers you might not be best friends with, but that doesn't matter at the end of the day. You still have to do your job. And if you guys can function and do your job together, it doesn't really matter what happens off the court. So that's kind of the way I view it until I see rifts. Like even, you know, there was clearly friction between Wall and Gortat um, over the course of the season because of, you know, some stuff exchanged via Twitter. But then you look at a playoff game, Wall is feeding him for layups, you know, eight times. He scored like 16 points in some game after he had, I think that was like game three after he dropped a goose egg. And it's not like their personal relationship is affecting things on the court. Uh, you know, he, John is still going to pass to the open man no matter what. He's going to do whatever play gives the Wizards the best chance to score. So I I wouldn't read too much into it, but if you want to 
hit this guy up, Devin, in the lab on his social media accounts and ask him more, I mean, be my guest, but <laughs> I I don't know. I, I think the media has kind of asked all the questions there are to ask, and the story is that they're, they're great teammates on the court, and they might not be best friends, but you don't need to be best friends with all the guys your brother's with in, in the la- that locker room. Yeah, I mean, and the thing is that with John Wall is that he answers every question 100% honestly. You know right. what I mean? He keeps it real all the time. And, I mean, I, I like that. But, obviously, some things can come out, some 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 sort of disconnect within the teams. Like, people can interpret disconnect within the team through the things that he says. But, like I said, it's their interpretation of it. Like, he doesn't come out directly and say, oh, Gortan. Well, the spoon feeding is pretty funny. But, mm-hmm. you know, like... Oh no! Yeah, I think the media—they portray things a bit more than they, they than things actually are. So I do agree with you at a bit in that regard. But I don't know. I mean, the Wizards are doing okay with those two at, at the at the top of the helm. So okay. <laughs> I mean, just they, they can they be a scary better. team. They just don't, you know, turn it on the Jets every game. And that's that's the, the issue. They, you know, they can beat the Cavs but lose to the Magic. So that's just the, the kind of season they had. I think we're, we're out of time here. Uh, Young, it's been a pleasure having you on the show, on the podcast for the first time. Uh, is there anywhere people can follow you on, on Twitter to check out your takes on the Wizards? Yeah, um, I'm on Twitter at Young Playground. Mm-hmm. Spell just how it's uh, just how it sounds. Just cool. It's a nice play on words on my name. Yeah, man. All right. Well, thanks for your insight on you know what the pecking order is in the in the East, who's rising, who's falling, what the shakeup is, and your predictions for the rest of this Eastern Conference uh, postseason. So. I appreciate that. Uh, the insight on team chemistry at the Wizard- Wizards, you know, take it all with a grain of salt, but it's good stuff. I'm glad you're you're challenging people who are posting seemingly ridiculous things over on Twitter. I appreciate it. Uh, thanks so much for tuning in. We'll be back with another episode here on Thursday. So thank you guys and have a nice evening. Come back soon for some more Locked On Wizards. Take it easy. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.